Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number 53. When I was a teenager, I was very disgruntled, angry. <laughs> I was very anti-authoritarian, uh, like a lot of teenagers. I maybe took it to an extreme in some respects, but um, during this time, I discovered death metal and uh, punk to some extent. Mostly for me, it was death metal. And I started uh, getting displeased with commercial radio who wouldn't play any heavy metal whatsoever. And I, w- I was bummed out. You know, this is in the late 80s, early 90s. I was bummed out that there was no way to hear the music that I loved except by going to the record store and talking to friends and people who are in the know and things like that. There were no radio stations that, that did that. Locally, we had a high school station, WSDP, in Plymouth, uh, where there was a show called The Sanctuary, hosted by a guy named Paul, who played heavy metal for a couple hours, and it was great. I loved it. I would drive out there just to make sure I got a good reception to, to hear that. I would call the local radio station and request the music I wanted. Of course, they wouldn't. I understand now why they wouldn't. It wasn't commercially viable, but at the time I was I was angry. Somehow I became aware of Free Radio Berkeley, a micro power radio station in California that sold kits to make your own broadcast station. Now, broadcasting without an FCC license was of course illegal. Um, but I had seen the I had seen the movie Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. You remember that one, where he had this pirate radio station on? Uh, I think it was on shortwave, but but somehow the local people. Oh no, he had a uh, he had hacked a shortwave transmitter. I think he had uh, tra- turned it into an FM transmitter or something, and he would broadcast to the local high school community <laughs> or whatever you know. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So I came up with this plan to get a kit from Free Radio Berkeley and build a transmitter and get a microphone and and you know play the music I want and and talk about my opinions and you know just be just be that guy that rebel who is bringing you know truth and good music to the masses. Yeah, that was going to be me. So I ordered the kit. It was pretty expensive. It came, it was a bunch of parts and some printed circuit boards, resistors, capacitors, things like that. And uh, I had some knowledge of electronics, some basic knowledge. Uh, My dad used to be a TV repairman, so we had a bunch of electronic 
equipment lying around and he had taught me about uh shortwave radio and and um and so i had a basic understanding of how how things worked so i grabbed a soldering iron and i spent night after night just sitting in uh, my little room with a computer the room where i had my computer in the basement little private area for myself and I would just sit there and solder these parts according to the plan and painstakingly get each piece into the little hole on the circuit board and make sure that it was soldered properly and it must have taken over a week two weeks I decided to use as a power source a motorcycle battery because uh, it would be portable you needed DC power and that would provide it because I, I couldn't broadcast from my house. You know, this was illegal. I didn't want the the authorities to triangulate my position and, and come bust in the door at my parents' house. So uh, I had some ideas of places I could go. There's a big hill um, nearby that people would sled on in the winter, and I thought that would be cool to broadcast from up there. So I got a motorcycle battery I had an antenna everything's all set up and ready I got an enclosure and I I put it in the enclosure and the day of truth arrived I was gonna I was gonna test this thing out so I hook it up to the power to the motorcycle battery and nothing nothing at all (laughs) so uh, I did some I tried to tweak it a little bit and all this but when it comes down to it I didn't know enough I didn't know enough about electronics to know how to troubleshoot the thing. And it became an expensive circuit board and a metal box, basically. (laughs) Years later, I gave it to a friend who might be able to troubleshoot it because he was going to school for that sort of thing, but uh, that that never happened. And so my dream of being a pirate radio broadcaster died out. Living in suburban Detroit, uh, there were no pirate radio stations that I knew about. Um, I had heard of numbers stations on shortwave radio um, and AM radio. Three, nine, seven, one, five. Three, nine, seven, one, five. Three, nine, seven, one, five. Which most people think were our spy stations. Um, and I'd heard, I'd heard, I'd heard recordings of pirate radio stations in, in other parts of the country. And um, I subscribed to a newsletter that kind of chron- chronicled what people were doing in the micro power broadcasting, micro broadcasting movement. And uh, I followed along, but I never, I never could participate. Flash forward now to 2016, or if you like, 2014, 13. Um, you know when I when I started podcasting, and you know podcasting doesn't doesn't feel like the same thing in the sense that there's it's not illegal. It's easy to do. Anybody can do it, and a lot of people do. But it does have that same ethos of DIY, doing it yourself, being independent. And I think that was the thing about pirate radio that really got me was the independence of it, being independent from corporate overlords, you know, from having to uh, 
cater to the whims of a populace that just didn't know any better, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, there were no commercial interests with pirate, with pirate radio. And that's largely true of podcasting too, depending on the podcast, depending on what you're trying to do. But um, the fact that it's so easily accessible makes it attractive and worthwhile. And your audience is potentially global, whereas the audience for my little FM transmitter would have been anybody within uh, maybe a five-mile radius who happened to be tuned to you know, 91.9 or whatever unused station I would have, I would have tried to take over. Um, you know, the, people would have to know about it. I'd have to have, have some kind of schedule. Uh, you could, you know, with the pirate radio, you had to listen when it was being broadcast for the most part. Whereas with podcasting, of course, I'm recording this on a Thursday afternoon. I'll probably release it on a Friday morning or afternoon. And you can listen to it a month later, a day later, a year later. It doesn't matter. It'll be there, probably. And you can listen to it from Turkey or Zimbabwe or Brazil or right next door. So there are obvious differences. Um, but there are some obvious similarities, too. And one of the other differences, of course, is, yes, there's a global audience, but there are a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of noise, I guess you could say. And in some ways, it's kind of the opposite of broadcast radio, where with broadcast radio, you're trying to appeal as broadly as possible within whatever genre genre you're in you want to if your country or if you're rock and roll you know you have a you have a, or, or a certain type of talk radio in fact you have your genre but beyond that you're trying to be as broad as possible and bring as many people in as possible whereas with podcasting some of the more successful podcasts are niche they're very very specialized there are podcasts about brewing beer you know, there are podcasts about knitting, you know, there are, there are podcasts about some very, very specialized topics. And I imagine within those, there are probably even more specialized podcasts. Maybe, maybe there's a podcast for just brewing stouts or <laughs> using a particular hop. Probably not, but, uh, but you know, you can, you, you can fill just about any niche with, uh, with podcasts and an audience will find you if the information is valuable. And if they're uh, intrepid enough about about trying to cut through the noise, but the thing I like most about podcasting is the independence. I can tell you a little story here about my teenage days and talk about podcasting as a medium this week, and next week I can have an interview, and the week after I can take a break, and the week after I can talk about education, you know, because that's the format of this podcast. And I'm not constrained by having to fill an entire hour or go 15 minutes or whatever it might be, and I'm not constrained by the subject matter. If I were smarter and better at marketing, I probably would constrain myself to a particular subject matter, <laughs> but I feel like I've, de I've developed an audience here and a community who are interested in much of the same things I am, and I think that anything I talk about will hit most of the, that audience, at least uh, tangentially, at the very least. And if not, they can just skip to the next episode. 
or cherry pick episodes, which is another thing you could not do in the radio days. This weekend is uh, Independence Day weekend for us here in the United States. Uh, the 4th of July is coming up, which is probably why I'm thinking a little bit about, about the idea of independence, about doing things one's self, which gives a great deal of freedom, but also a great deal of stress, because if you're trying to make a living like this, doing podcasts or writing or self-publishing, uh, piecing together a career in education without the safety net of a tenured track job or a tenured job, uh, it can get, it can get stressful. Uh, it can be difficult because you have the freedom, but you also have to be responsible and you have to you have to work hard. To be honest, uh, this is this podcast for me is more of a hobby and a community builder uh, than anything else. Not necessarily a revenue generator, so that's that's not a big deal. But it's part of my platform, no doubt. It's part of my drive to become more independent, partly by necessity and partly because that's what I've always wanted. I don't want to have to answer to a boss or anything like that. When I dreamed of having the pirate radio station, I didn't know if I would be talking to myself with nobody listening or if I would build a group of fans in the, in the neighborhood, in the city I lived in, who would hang on my every word and love all the music I played or what. I don't know what the dream was. Um, maybe it was just more about the rebellion. I'm not sure. Uh, now my dream is that I connect with a few people that I bring some value, some entertainment into your life, something to think about. And that maybe you'll reach out to me and tell me about that. If you'd like to do that, you can drop me an email at eric at ericmarshall.net. That's E-R-I-K at ericmarshall.net. I'm always looking for guests who uh, fit into any of the three topics of this podcast, writing, education, technology. And you can browse through the the backlist. <laughs> do they call it a backlist in podcasting like they do in other things? I don't know. You can browse through all the other 52 episodes at uh, thewetpodcast.com, thewetpodcast.com, and you'll see uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of solo casts like this one. You're sure to find something that interests you. And if you like what you hear, you can go to patreon.com slash emartian pledge a dollar or two to kind of help me defray costs and show your appreciation. I do appreciate you. Thanks for listening to episode number 53 and uh, I'll see you. I'll see you next time. Bye. community build builder in a community